Welcome to episode 13 of the Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans were designed to flourish. Unfortunately, many modern conveniences prevent us from thriving, but through intentional lifestyle decisions, dang, I messed up a word again, <laughs> we can return to an optimal state of health. I am your host, Jarek Bakken. I'm Dr. Alex Rebello. And we've got an exciting topic today brought to you by a question from a new listener. Also brought to you by Great River Family Chiropractic. Uh, you can receive a free chiropractic consultation by going to greatriverfamilychiropractic.com slash restoringhuman. Uh, but also brought to you by a question from a listener. So I got, we got a message this week from a new listener saying that she was watching a new documentary on Netflix called... What oh, the Health? That, what the Health. <laughs> That's the name of it. Disclaimer, did you watch it? I have not. I haven't had a chance to watch through it. But kind of got the gist of what they were talking about. Um, and you know some of the people involved with it. Uh, no, kind of their MO and that sort of thing, but I'll read a little bit of some of the questions we got. Basically, she watched this documentary and fired off a question to us. Hey, cheapers, breaking stuff. (laughs) Uh, Watched this documentary and essentially was hearing things very opposed to a lot of the stuff that she was hearing on our show, and she was like, "Like, what do I do?" You know, um, some of the stuff lined up, but then basically they came to a completely different conclusion of what that means for us as humans, us as you know, Americans specifically, and what we do then to live a lifestyle that promotes health. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things she kind of concluded this with was, I just have no idea what I should be feeding my kids. Yeah. And that really strikes a chord uh, with some people because I, I mean, I know our story and a lot of other people, it's like you kind of go through life, you can write off not making decisions for your own health, but then as soon as it's like, oh, I've got this other human life that I'm taking care of, I want to do whatever I need to do to help them thrive. Yeah. And I, I mean, <clears throat> I just want to commend um, that listener because dealing with a lot of people um, in the health realm and trying to help them with just implementation in their life of trying to get healthy specifically from a nutritional perspective um, there's a, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are kind of gun ho about learning everything they can about nutrition. And like we've talked about in previous episodes, not that they're, they're, they know how important nutrition is for their health, but they just, they know it has to do with the way they're going to look, the way they're going to feel. So they learn everything they can and they're gun ho about implementing it. And they, they do make a lot of changes. 
Um, but then that never transfers down to the rest of their family. Sure. It doesn't, doesn't transfer down to the kids specifically. Um, you know, they're, they're eating, you know, lots of vegetables and, and whole foods and then their kids are eating whatever, yeah. you know? Um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm thankful that that this listener had this question and wasn't just thinking about herself, but really the first thing she thought of was, well, what the heck do I, how do I protect my kids really? So. We wanted to spend some some time on that and address probably first the the issue with the the documentary and kind of the differences that we would have mm-hmm. with what those um, I guess the experts in that documentary what they would claim um, and then we'll get into more specific practical stuff on feeding our kids. Yeah, I mean, just to be upfront with it right away, like for my wife and I, this is I mean, oh, usually a weekly struggle just trying to figure out like okay seriously what do we give these people yeah uh just because you know they're they're typically pickier than we are um i mean a real real practical thing like as their bodies are developing you know one of the things is that they don't have teeth they can't eat certain things that we can um yeah there's there's just a lot of challenges associated here and like this is a really valid question a really good thing for us to hit on i think yeah and same with us i mean we, we definitely are not perfect at, at this and don't have everything figured out um emily and i continue to to try to learn more and more about this and how to do this the best way um we had one of our children two years before i knew anything about health um, and probably mm-hmm. even three or four years before I really dove into nutrition. So, you know, his first four years of life was a lot different than my other kids. Um, maybe that's something we should say. You have three kids. I have five kids. Um, mm-hmm. So we do have some experience, and you know, we're not just single dudes oh, trying yeah. to talk about how to feed kids. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> so not only, you know, have we read and, and dove into um, research and on what is a healthy diet, but we've also, our healthy diet for children, we've also, you know, tried this stuff, some some uh, yeah. personal experience with it. But um, we've kind of had where we were, because we focused so much on it, we were doing really well at it, and then we kind of realized some things about just kind of our lifestyle and how maybe we were focusing on it too much and making that too big of a deal uh-huh. in our life and with our kids' life, so we we got away from it a little bit, so really where we're at now is kind of trying to reintroduce a lot of the stuff with our kids um but also just kind of go to the next level with with trying to nourish them as best as possible so we struggle with the same things of yeah trying to get kids to eat stuff that we would like them to eat but they don't want anything to do with it and as they get older they get around more and more people who mm-hmm. um unfortunately haven't learned anything about nutrition so sure they're exposed to a lot of the stuff we would hope that they would never eat but yeah yeah, I think uh, so. Similarly, when we had our oldest daughter, that was right at the time where I was really starting to figure things out for myself. And, you know, as I was learning things for myself, we didn't really understand, like, didn't really think much about, okay, what does that mean for now this new life that we're supporting? Um, but kind of gradually realize like, okay, this is how this affects her rather than saying like, Hey Google, what do you feed a nine month old type of thing? Um, and getting kind of the popular opinion. Um, so 
yeah, with our first sick, really didn't know how that affected, like, raising a kid. Um, but then with our second, uh, definitely had a different approach. And I think now with our third, it's, like, even more refined and, you know, we'll get to it, but we've dealt with a certain degree of issues that we've had to address nutritionally. Um, again, like, again, that's just refined stuff even more, but yeah, definitely a progressive thing as well. Yeah. <coughs> so let's get to, um, again, haven't watched the, the documentary yet. So don't want to act like we know exactly what they're saying and, and don't want to put words in people's mouths, but um, the documentary seemed to, to have been done by a group that would be promoting a vegan lifestyle. Um, yeah. So their kind of claim is, of course, the standard American diet is full of um, lots of animal fats and, and damaged fats and high cholesterol food, saturated fat, heavy food, um, and then, of course, sugar and, and things like that. So they would they would like us would say that that's bad. You don't want to be, be mm -hmm. eating the, those last few things that I mentioned there. But then their claim would be, so then the ideal diet for a human being, and that includes an elderly person, an adult, teenager, or even a child, would be avoiding animal fats um, altogether. So that's dairy, that's eggs, that's meat, that's even fish. Um, you should only be eating things from plants. Um, I, I believe that's the gist of... Yeah, what so so what she had to say, and then actually had, I think I told you I had another guy uh, Tuesday night or something text me about like the exact same thing, dude. I'm watching this show, and it sounds a thousand percent opposite of everything you say. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, what what I gathered from them was essentially it started with seeing some of the same problems we see but then having a wildly different solution. Um, and both of them had said, like, they're talking about eating a much higher carbohydrate diet and even, you know, being okay with sugar and um, just completely avoiding all animal products at all cost. And, like, saying, like, what do I do when... This sounds so much different than stuff that I hear you guys saying. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> I guess the, the first thing that I would say is uh, highlighting the the what we're in agreement with. Sure. Yeah, um, that's good. I guess maybe I've never heard the sugar thing, but I wouldn't think that they would be talking about refined sugars, high fructose corn syrup, and, and um, that sort of thing. Sure. I've never heard anybody that would claim to be a health expert to no, yeah, recommend I'm, it. I'm assuming that they're saying, like, fruit juice and stuff like that. Well, yeah, even just the yeah the higher sugar content when you're eating more of a plant-based diet. Yeah. Plus, plus just, I mean, sugar cane. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know many vegans who completely avoid sugar altogether. Right. So. Right. So yeah, uh, we and again we would agree, we would agree that sugar and vegetable oils. Obviously, we spent two two shows um, on those. Uh, that is the main reason why we are so sick. 
um, from, again, why food has affected us so, so much in a negative way. Um, those are the two biggest ways we've gotten away from just kind of how people used to eat for, for thousands, thousands of years. And, uh, so then to kind of take it to the, to the next level, um, we would say that if you just look at how people did eat, people have been eating animal products for that same amount of time. They've been eating animal products for thousands of years. And, um, it hasn't been until the last really couple hundred years that all of the diseases, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all these things that those people would be claiming in that documentary are being caused by animal products mm-hmm. that they've actually been on a rise. Right. So you don't have to be a research scientist to say, well, Does how come the people for before the couple last couple hundred years weren't getting all these diseases mm-hmm. when they were eating these these particular foods? Um so, I mean, of course you can dive into research, but I think that that in itself, I and mean, we will, I got, I got a research study that was just done in 2014 where we'll kind of explain some of this, but just think about that. And that's what, because people typically aren't going to listen to some sort of research study done and then say, okay, I'm convinced I'm going to go eat this way, mm-hmm. right? They want to, they just want to say, okay, what, what should I eat and Yes, I trust this person, so then now I'm going to go and, and eat this way. So yeah. that's what we want to do. We want to try to keep Yes, we want to be back at research, but we want to try to just keep it as simple as we possibly can. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, again, staying away from the, this is how many carbs, this is how many proteins, this is how you should stay away from fat and stay away from gluten, all this stuff. Let's just say real food yeah. is the main thing that we have to do. And vegans, you can be a vegan and not eat real food, but most of the time vegans are paying attention to that sort of thing. So that's the stuff that we have in common. That's the stuff that's good about what they yeah. would teach is it's primarily a whole food, yeah. but then they would go plant-based diet because, again, their conclusion is that the reason that we have all these problems is because we've been eating so many animal products. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be our conclusion at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think – so one of the things that was helped for me is – after one of our early episodes, I kind of, I got online and was just looking. Um, I found a good like, couple graphs showing, um, like they had a cutoff point of I don't know if it was like 1800s or 1900s or something, but showing kind of the leading causes of death prior to that per- percentage based leading causes of death after kind of the. I think it was probably like 1900 or something mm-hmm. and showing big percentages coming from, you know, like, uh, accidents and infections and stuff that we had kind of talked about. Like, this is how most people died. You know, you like had some type of emergency, wasn't able to be, you know, your life was not able to be sustained through it. Yeah. But then that massive shift to where this heart disease and cancer and these type of things were like the majority of the graph now since, you know, about 1900 or so. And, you know, granted the, the massive pieces of the emergency type situations were next to nothing, but now out of nowhere here, here's these things that were not a problem whatsoever previously. Right. Right. So again, if you just look at something like that, you can, right? 
for what they would be claiming, you would have to say, you would have to prove that those people only ate plants. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. They didn't, that they didn't eat any dairy or they didn't eat any, any meat, and that's not not been the case. But yeah. really, the kind of the whole, the reason why, I guess, the, the, the vegan community is, is growing um, is because there's some, some pretty famous doctors, some guys that have done some, some good work in helping people um, kind of reverse and, and get healthier from those problems yeah. um, by not only prescribing that sort of a nutrition plan, but of course there's other lifestyle things that they're also helping these people with. So yeah. it's not like they're letting the people do whatever they want with their health and then they're just saying don't ever eat animal products and then you watch these people get healthier. That's not the, that's not the case. Sure. But there's people like Dean Ornish, who I think I've mentioned him on a, on a previous podcast, um, Caldwell Esselstein, um, John McDougall. Probably the main one is this guy named T. Colin Campbell um, because he wrote a book called The China Study. And The China Study um, was kind of, a lot of people call it the vegan Bible. Basically, if you want to have an argument with somebody of whether you should eat meat or not, they tend to reference this China Study book because this work was done on. He basically, again, to try to keep it as simple as possible, looked at people in China um, that ate a more vegan type diet compared to people that ate more animal um, diet. Um, and he found that these people that ate the more animal products had a higher risk of specifically, I think it was liver cancer, but really all types of cancers, he thought. When was that done? 2006 is when the book okay. came out, I think. I'm not sure exactly. It was like a 10-year study that he did. So, I mean, it was... Within the last 50 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, which just real quick, a lot of people think that people in Asia, like Japanese and, and China, people only eat rice and vegetables and stuff. But sixty percent of Japanese, um, th- their diet is is animal products. Yeah. It's fish, and then China eat a lot of pork. So it's not they're not just eating a bunch of rice and vegetables. They <laughs> eat. But anyway, so he seen this. Um, so it was kind of an epidemiological study, just observational of the people and just kind of the results of their health. But then he also did specific research where he took rats and he would give them an aflatoxin, which is basically the toxin that the mold produces, like Mm -hmm. mold that's on peanuts and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, He would give that to the rats so that they would get cancer or they would have at least um, a promoter of cancer. And then he would feed their, in their diet, he would give them at least 20% of an animal protein in another group, he would only give 5% of an animal protein. The, pe- the, the rats with the 5% animal protein never got de- developed liver cancer, but the 20% pretty much always developed liver cancer. So then he makes the jump of saying that animal product yeah. or animal protein <coughs> is, promotes cancer. Okay. Yeah. So let's just go through a few things that are wrong with that. Maybe you already well, can think of a couple of things that are wrong. First, I mean, the first thing I'm asking is like a- animal protein. Okay, what is th- what is that? What does that mean? Exactly. So <laughs> he isolated casein protein okay, from yeah. um, milk from dairy, <laughs> and that's what he fed the that's what he fed the rat. So yeah, so it's you can't just claim that it's all animal protein, right? right? You can't even claim that it's dairy, it, because it was just specifically sure. casein. Yeah, yeah. So there might be something when you take that casein out and putting it in in a rat, that that might be causing a problem instead of the actual, you know, mm-hmm. with it, everything else that's in mm-hmm. in a dairy product. So there's a problem um, there. Um, the, the second problem was he said that the, the rats in the group that had the 20% protein diet, 
got liver cancer, but that would make you assume that all the rats in the 5% protein diet were perfectly healthy and, and lived long lives and happy lives. Sure. Right? That's not what that wasn't the case. These ones all died earlier than the ones that got cancer. They just didn't get cancer. What'd they die from? They just died from their cells started to die because ah. they were deficient. What does protein do for our cells? <laughs> Makes it builds our cells. Strong, yeah. Yeah. We can't even build cells without protein. So they gave them, they basically were deficient in proteins and their <coughs> cells just started to die. But again, that's not, they didn't highlight that part of the research. So crazy. I could, again, just not eat for a long time, uh-huh. right? And not give myself any vitamins, not even give myself water. Right. Certain probably going to die. Right. But I might not get cancer. Uh, right. Certain markers are going to be off the charts. You're, you're probably not going to have a trace of, I mean, a lot of disease. Right. But you have no sustenance. Right. So then what they did is they, they looked at, okay, well, maybe there was a correlation between how much of the toxin you gave and the protein. So they did that. They started to give slower amounts of the, of the toxin. Uh-huh. And the ones that were, had a high-protein diet, they didn't get cancer when that was the case. But the ones with the protein, low-protein diet did get cancer when they gave the toxin in, in smaller amounts. So basically it was something specific that happened. It was give this rat a ton of toxicity and then give them a bunch of just one specific protein and then they develop liver cancer. But if you change the variables there, the same thing doesn't happen. Yeah. But since they just had that one specific situation, the claim was Jeez. animal protein causes cancer. So, again, it's not um, one specific thing like that. You can't extrapolate that out and say this is exactly what a healthy diet is at all. Yeah. But that's just the kind of the China study. So there, And there's a bunch of other things wrong with it. If you want to read more on that, Weston A. Price foundation did a whole kind of um, addressing that book addressing his research and the other problems that are that are with it but mm-hmm. but let's just go to um, in 2014 because this whole low carb or low fat thing has been a big deal of course and those guys that I just mentioned are all about the high carbohydrate low fat plant-based diet yep um, and then, of course, you have the people that are more with the paleo diet or more with the ketogenic diet are, are the higher fat. So they compared um, the original kind of high fat diet guy was named Dr. Atkins. Basically, he was he just said, eat, a bunch, heard of, of him? eat a bunch of meat. Um, so they compared his diet to that Ornish guy, that first guy that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to see, okay, let's just take a group of people and feed them the low-fat diet, higher carbohydrate, and let's feed these people the low-carb um, diet, high-fat, um, getting higher higher fats from animal products and stuff like that. So looks like approximately 80% in both groups completed the year-long study, which is that's pretty phenomenal. That doesn't typically happen. When people go through a study, a bunch of people drop off, but 80% of the original the people that started originally start stuck with the program. And here's where the, the conclusion, this is done in the Annals of Internal Medicine, again in 2014. The low-fat, uh, or the low-carbohydrate diet that had animal product, included animal products, mm-hmm. lost significantly more weight, which actually the low-fat people will say that's, they will kind of agree to that. They say, yeah, if you, you eat less carbohydrates, you will lose more weight compared to eating a, a lower-fat diet, but you'll also clog your arteries at the same time. That's kind of that's what we were talking about with sure. that one guy at the gym that one time. 
Um, but they lost significantly more weight. They had greater improvement in body composition, meaning they had more lean body mass as opposed to fat on their body, which is a high predictor of mortality. Yep. They increased their HDL, their good cholesterol levels, which those people that would say eat low fat, they would want the same thing. They improved their total cholesterol um, to HDL ratios. They lowered their CRP, which is a marker of inflammation. Basically, that kind of says if you have inflammation, you're potentially going to have a degenerative disease. It's most likely you're going to have a degenerative disease. Those people lowered their CRP scores, and they improved their estimated 10-year coronary artery risk. So everything that the low-fat people would claim their diet does, yeah. the low-carbohydrate diet did. Did instead. In, in, you know, it was better than, than their actual low-fat diet. Yeah. So again, you just look at history. People have been eating meat for a long, long, long time. Um, you look at the China study, their main argument for eating the, the low-fat, high-carbohydrate, plant-based diet, and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of problems. And then you look at the most research, recent, recent research that compares them both, and low-carbohydrate, higher-fat animal product diet wins. Yeah. So I, I quickly responded to one of our questions, and I... I just said, you know, point one, this is not what we see over the course of history. But then I said, point two, like, we do agree with where they're starting from. Mm -hmm. Most meat that you're going to go to Aldi, Hy-Vee, Walmart, wherever, like, the majority of it, yeah, I would say stay away from it. Yeah. However, I, I, this is kind of my second point. I understand that one of the big pushbacks against like higher quality meats is it, it's more expensive. Like valid statement. Mm -hmm. I said though, like I was just kind of after she said some of that stuff, I was just kind of thinking through like, okay, if I were to eat vegan for a certain amount of time, I'm thinking through like how I would go about that, and I'm like, it doesn't have to be crazy high carbohydrate low fat i'm like no i'd be eating tons of avocados nuts and seeds you know olive oil like coconut oil i'd be i'd probably still maintain a pretty high fat diet the one thing like i'd probably have to be intentional about getting higher plant-based proteins like that's the one thing that i would probably need to pay attention to closer but i'm like even yeah. a vegan diet doesn't have to be, you know, this something high fat, include sugar, that type of stuff. But. Right. But so some people would say, that, you know, some people are only eating vegan because of, you know, like animal rights stuff. Mm, right. Sure. Which sure. is totally fine. If that's you, I mean, you know, we're definitely not going to try to convince you to, to change your beliefs on that. Um, you just might struggle nutritionally. Right. But... Other people, like these doctors that we're referencing, they're saying that, yes, specifically animal products are bad, but the main reason they're bad is because, yes, they're high protein content, but also because they're full of saturated fat and they're full of cholesterol. So that doc, that Dean Ornish diet is, I believe it's 20, 20 to 25% fat and only 7% saturated fat. Mm -hmm. um, so there, they wouldn't want you to eat you know, coconut oil or, or even sure. um, avocados and stuff like that that potentially could raise your cholesterol. So they would want you to stick to, you know, kind of the of course of vegetables, beans, grains, things like that. Um, yeah. So, yes, you could potentially eat a, a higher fat diet, um, 
where you're going to have a tough time eating a higher protein diet. Right. Um, but here's just some, some things that you can only get from animal products. You can only get vitamin A, which is a fat-soluble vitamin. You can only get vitamin D um, from a, in a, as a, from a food source from an animal right. product. Right. Cholesterol you can only get from animals. Vitamin B12 you can only get from animals. And then things like arachidonic acid, EPA, DHA, the, the essential fatty acids. You can only stuff. really get those things um, from animal products. You can only you more easily absorb calcium, B6, magnesium, iron, zinc, and copper. Some very important minerals there mm -hmm. from animal products. It's very tough to make those out of plant-based products. So again, yes, you potentially could avoid a specific type of cancer if you have toxicity in you and you're eating higher protein from animal products. It, in, but you're also going to be very deficient in a lot of things. In yeah, yeah. Yep. Cool. Anything else on that? No, that's really good. So what does it mean for the chillins? What does it mean for the chillins? Um, that's children. I don't know what. I guess the, yeah, so the first thing would be um, is just having an understanding of what we just talked about. Like even if, if you want to do the vegan thing, I would say you're, you, an adult is going to be better off with a vegan diet than a child is mm -hmm. going to be better off with a vegan diet, specifically because of those things that we just talked about, a lot of things that build your brain up. Yeah. And uh, the brain is, of course, developing um, as a child. Now they, so there's something called neuroplasticity. Basically, it means that your brain can improve, can change, it can grow. Um, you can get smarter, you can get a better memory, you can um, develop new memories, all those things. Over time, even into adulthood, even becoming an elderly person, they used to think it stopped at like early 20s, I think. Now they know it goes on. But if you just even go back to that thought, the brain, of course, is developing to where it would get to a point where now it's kind of fully formed. Yeah. Of course, you want to be nourishing your body a great deal mm -hmm. in those early years all the way through, you know, when the brain would be, be fully developed. Yeah. So if you're not eating animal products that are just high in these nutrients and in these nutrients are the most absorbable from these particular animal products, then you're just not doing your brain any favors with that. So I would say that kind of the first thing would be staying away from just solely a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. for your kids because there's so much that comes from animal products that are going to help okay. with their brain development. So how about this? What What's the other end where we would want to not like? <laughs> so I know we said a couple, well, maybe we didn't say it. Like where do we agree with there's a lot of toxicity in a lot of the conventional animal products. Mm -hmm. Like, so I know things that are super popular for kids, easy hot dogs, cold meats. Um, what, like, what's, where's the pushback against things like that? Because you're talking about animal products and I know some people are probably thinking those are animal products. Yeah. Well, it's so... I would say feeding your kids just totally processed meats mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with being organic, that are highly chemicalized, you know, with all the pesticides and hormones and everything, like you'd, you would probably be better off eating an, an animal or a plant-based diet as yeah. opposed to feeding your kids all, all of those things. Yeah. So that's where, that's where we would agree with this. Yeah, because you're 
the nutrition that you're supposed to get from the animal products as you're developing, you're not getting that from those particular meats. And then now you're also adding in a bunch of toxicity. Yeah. So at least with the vegan diet, you would be not getting that nutrition, but you would be avoiding the, the mm -hmm. toxicity. So you're mm -hmm. kind of, I guess, get, receiving one of the bad things, but you wouldn't re be receiving both of the or both of the bad things. Sure. But now that people, you know, kind of realize the importance of having good quality animal products, now there are, you know, hot dogs, there are, um, you know, deli meats, things mm -hmm. like that, all the processed stuff that are better better options for you. They're, of course, they're not as good as just, you know, having the um, unprocessed mm -hmm. meat or... Meat on the bone. Meat on the bone, right? Um, but, you know, because they're kids, it's tough to feed them anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, getting you can get away with eating those, those type of things. Yeah. Uh, why don't we, like, kind of make super applicable suggestions kind of along the way. So some of those things that you were just talking about, one of the brands that has a lot of good stuff is um, Brain Fart. Apple Cake. App, sorry, Apple Cake. Thank you. Uh, they have a lot of those good um, like hot dogs and some of those cold meats that are, yeah, easy to feed to kids an easy lateral shift. Now, so in the pushback, those, they are more expensive. You're not going to get a pack of hot dogs for 79 cents. Right. You know, it's, yeah. Um, but to do something that's easy saves you maybe time being able to, you know, grab something from the fridge and put it in the mouth of the screaming child. Like, yeah, that is an option. Yeah. Well, so if we, I guess to just start with, um, Let's say you're just eating, you're feeding your kids whatever right now. The f where you would want to start with your kids is the same place you would want to start with yourself. So like we talked about, even if you mm -hmm. um, just ate, I think it was the last episode that we were out there and you had things in the tree. Um, <laughs> episode seven, maybe? Nine. We, episode nine? Okay. So y we said, even if you, we hated giving this recommendation, but even if you ate the standard American diet, but then just ate three meals a day, mm -hmm. like you'd see a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. um, if, if possible, which this has been the toughest thing with our kids, if possible, that would be kind of the first thing to start with sure. is avoiding snacks. Yeah. Cause even if they're good, healthy food, it's still messing with it. Just like it messes with adults, it messes with kids metabolically. Uh -huh. But most of the time snacks have zero what snacks that people are giving their kids are having yeah. zero nutrition in them. And lots of toxicity in them. Yeah, that's where a lot of the quick fix type things come into play. Whereas a lot of times with meals, it's, you know, at least sometimes resembles the food that you're eating. And if you're taking a little more time to prepare it, that type of stuff. But yeah, those, yeah, it's in between is where, like, right. I need to grab something and, you know, satisfy right. the crying child. Yeah, because again, you don't have to be somebody who studied nutrition a ton um, to know that. You know, eating a Snickers bar is probably not the best thing for your child at snack time every day. But most of, the, like, the snack bars that people do give their kids are really not that much different than, than Snickers. a Snickers bar. Yeah. Um, because they're full of vegetable oils, they're full of chemicals, they're full of preservatives, they're full of, right. obviously, sugar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would probably, I guess, be the number one thing that I would say is if you can limit the amount of, of snacks that, that your kids are, are eating. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, then of course switching over to something that's that's healthier—a piece of fruit. Yeah. You can get um, 
uh, nuts, seeds, nut uh-huh. butters, nuts, you know, seed butters, yeah, those type of things. Um, of course, if you can get them a vegetable, that would be the best, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, how about some lateral shifts? What are some recommendations for kids snacking, like specifically, I guess? Yep. Uh, so that, all, again, depends uh, how much time you have. So mm-hmm. um, this one of the new things that that we're trying to do is figure out how to get more fermented foods in, in our kids' diets. So Emily spent a lot of time um, doing some pickling and some yeah. fermenting. So I noticed that on your plate were those beets, pickled radishes. Radishes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So yeah, pickled radishes, pickled carrots. She's doing now. She's doing pickled jalapeno peppers. Um, Ooh, for you or the kids? Kids are gonna try them. I guess the heat in them drops drastically when you do that. Oh well, yeah, I guess it's yeah. Um, and then something called kimchi, kimchi, which is a Korean, um, fermented food and, you know, things like sauerkraut, pickles, of course. So those would be kind of ideal mm-hmm. snacks if you're going to have them, if you can get your kid to do that. Now I know that's pretty far jump from, you know, whatever, Nutrigrain bar. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can find, move from a Nutrigrain bar to a healthier, healthier bar, um, something that has very few ingredients like a Lara bar. Or Lara, what do you call them? Lara. Lara. L-A-R-A. Lara. That's just going to have like some dates, some nuts, and, and maybe something else in them. Mm. Yeah, um, you got to be careful with some of those. Some of them have like chocolate chips and a little added sugar and that kind of stuff. Right. But there are some, yeah. Yeah. Or you can, again, depending on timing and, and, and how you do in the kitchen, you can make your own right. of those it's things. super easy to make. Um, you can make almond butter bars. You can make a, 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 lot of, a lot of different things like that. But, again, you, so you want to be thinking nutrition for a snack. You don't want to just be thinking, you know, my kid wants something, so give them whatever. Right. Um, so getting good quality fats in that snack, um, getting some protein in that snack. Um, but if, and if it's going to be carbohydrate, getting, you know, the high fiber fiber carbohydrates that it's not just going to be absorbed into them mm-hmm. super quick um and then of course just you know a piece of fruit like i already mentioned um that's that that's probably a good place to start that's probably the easiest place to start for most people yeah. most most kids like fruit and it most of the time it's easy to you know grab an apple you know fill up a cup with some berries that's yep. that's pretty easy to do yeah, and so again, something else that we're trying, um, just because again, as we get further and further away from our diet, and even if we get try to are getting close to back to what people used to eat, where they didn't even eat a ton of fruit, mm-hmm. um, is figuring out how to get some fat in there with the fruit. So we've been frying, not frying, but putting like bananas, or you can put pineapple or something in some coconut oil, mm-hmm. um, or even some butter. Mm-hmm. So and then they can eat it. Yeah. And you, you, mean you can even put some salt or mm-hmm. coconut sugar, xylitol, something on there to make it yeah, or I mean, taste a little better. The good old classic, uh, what do you call it, ants on a log, celery with some nut butter in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the nut, nut butter for us is a, a go-to. Like I, I can, I'm pretty sure we have four different kinds of nut butters in our pantry right now, just because like to get a, a little you know variety, not eating the same thing all the time, but like they're totally satisfied. I grab a spoon, scoop it out. Here you go. Like, yeah, yeah, super easy. Yep. So yeah, so limiting the amount of snacks. If you are going to do some snacks, finding use the, using those as opportunities to get more nutrition into your into your child. 
Um, but then the, I guess the next thing would be um, at breakfast, lunch, dinner, that you are focusing on fats because fats are what build the brain. Um, you know, the omega fatty acids, even the saturated fats, there's things in animal products that are, you know, extremely important for mm -hmm. the brain. So um, focusing there. So in the morning, whether it's some sort of a um, an animal product like a, a breakfast sausage or a breakfast bacon, something like that, those would be along the same lines as that other processed stuff, though, like so the, the deli meats and the hot dogs and that. Sure. So it's not like Make you want to have that every day, mm -hmm. um, but that's something that can get you some, some good nutrition there. Mm -hmm. But highly important to have those, you know, organic pasture-raised, you know, without antibiotics and hormones and right. things like that, which, like you mentioned, that's gonna, those are more expensive, of course, than just going buying Jimmy Dean sausage, but <laughs> it is worth it for sure. Because um, you got to think about it, I mean, how much is your kid's brain worth? It's worth a lot. Right? Wow, yeah. And, like, some of that stuff is so cheap that it's like if you spend 10 seconds to think about, okay, like those, like the hot dogs, for example. I, I, I want to say buying an eight-pack of hot dogs at Aldi is, like, 79 cents. Yeah. Like, okay, just... How can it be that cheap? How, like, how can you package something and <laughs> ship it to a store? And, like, how can there be any type of profit on that if there's anything of value within that little plastic container? Yep. Like, yeah. Like, while comparing that stuff, like, you compare that to the price of, like, a pack of Applegate hot dogs. Or there's a, there's a few other brands, so if you're locally natural grocers is legit uh there's a few other brands that are you know maybe a little cheaper but like yeah you compare it looking at just the price you're like wow why would i spend like some sometimes up to 10 times more yeah. for that quote-unquote same product but like it's not even close to the same <laughs> no it's not no. like you're not you're not making an apples to apples comparison no nope. you're making an apples to dirt comparison <laughs> yeah well you might even better off <laughs> we'll get to that um <laughs> but yeah i mean that's important to see because i know that again it's it's the press it's the price you know that's the probably the toughest thing yeah um and so that'll just take some time you know again just adding some good things in until you can kind of make this switch completely over is important but you have to start seeing it that way you can't compare it you know the eggs mm -hmm. is another thing you can get a dozen yeah. eggs for 70 cents or whatever uh, and bro a good bro. dozen of eggs Thirty-nine cents. Thirty-nine I saw cents the other week. Yeah, that's crazy. Or it's going to be four dollars, you know, if you get good eggs. So, yeah. um, but it's not even close. Not even close to the same. Yeah. Level um, of nutrition. So eggs, though, um, I know a lot of kids do eggs. You know, yeah. scrambled eggs, fried eggs. Like it's a, that's something that's pretty mild. Most kids will go for that. Um, cost comparison, like for the volume of food you're getting with a dozen eggs, that's a that's a pretty like good yeah option. Yeah. Yep. And eggs are important. I mean eggs um so again back to the whole cholesterol thing. Eggs are higher in cholesterol, so that's why people would say to avoid them. But we know now know if you listen to the last episode, um that that's nothing that you need to worry about. Cholesterol is um 
a high percentage of your brain is cholesterol. Cholesterol is required to make sex hormones. Cholesterol is required to make stress hormones. Um, so just in, in order for your, really for your body to function, you need cholesterol. Now, your body makes cholesterol, of course, but what you're taking in your body um, in, from a nutritional standpoint doesn't really affect your cholesterol that much like they, like they say it is. So it's not something that you have to worry about, um, but you need to be taking this stuff in. Eggs are high in that. They're also high in something called choline, and really it's one of the only foods that is high in choline other than organ meats, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so choline is a precursor to something called acetylcholine. Acetylcholine um, is important for brain function. Um, and, and many other things, but specifically for your brain. So you can't really even build brain function without this acetylcholine, which requires you to have choline. So that's one of the first things um, that most um, experts that I listen to recommend for kids for kids is egg yolks um, because of that specific thing, high in choline. So egg yolks, kind of soft-boiled. Of course, they're not going to eat a, you know, a scrambled egg when they're a baby. Um, so something that's soft enough for them to just kind of absorb in cool. their mouth. Um, but, yeah, eggs for breakfast. You can make a smoothie. That's a good way of getting vegetables in them. Something high fat, whether that's a raw milk or a coconut milk, um, full-fat coconut milk, um, a, a yogurt, full-fat yogurt. Those are all great ways of mm -hmm. getting smoothies or at least starting them a smoothie. Then you can throw vegetables. You can throw fruit in there. Um, yeah. Good ways to have. Yeah, you can disguise a lot of stuff in a smoothie with, you know, throwing some of those good quality milks in there, throwing in some berries in there, like some even if you got to sweeten it a little more with some stevia, like yeah, you can yep. get some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um so then lunch dinner wise, uh, figuring out how to get soups in your um diet. Um, your weekly nutrition plan is important, but you want to be making those soups out of um, animal broths. Mm -hmm. So bone broth, chicken broth, duck broth, turkey broth, whatever you're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, that's different than it's like a chicken stock that you'll go and buy at the store. This is actually you have a full chicken mm -hmm. or you have meat bones and you are making the broth yourself out of that. Um, it's high in specific amino acids that build up our cartilage, build up our ligaments, so as we grow, we're getting bigger for our, in order for our joints to, to be working well and for us not to have injuries. Like you see all these kids now tearing ACLs yeah. and injuring themselves. Um, that's because their ligaments and stuff are getting weaker and weaker because they're just not being nourished well. So if you want your kids' joints and um, ligaments, tendons, and everything to be strong, you have to be having lots of these amino acids mm -hmm. and the collagen that's in um, the broths. So, Well, there's also a, another large factor in there having to do with the school system that we'll eventually get to but oh yeah um so most kids aren't just going to so the picture that i took of what we were um mm -hmm. having for that meal um all of us had a coffee cup of bone broth so my kids just drink it but mm -hmm. i don't know if most kids would do that so putting it in soups is another way of, of yeah. doing that so plus soups are easy you know to do you can put lots of vegetables in them sure but um, lots of good stuff, mm -hmm. herbs and spices and that. So, yeah, that's a. So this is even crossing over into adults eating better. The herbs and spices, like, so a lot of times, some like the pushback I hear is eating healthy is boring. You know, 
plain plain broccoli and chicken breasts and white rice is just blah. I'm like that is boring. Like yeah, it is. <laughs> Don't eat that. I mean, yeah, it's fine if you want to eat that and if you like that, great, but like not only can you use like whole food spices to flavor things, like there's a ton of stuff that we use more so for the health benefits than even the added flavor. The added flavor is like the, the super bonus to make things taste better. But right. I mean, right. stuff like garlic and like, so one of the things that when you clean up your diet a lot, people are a lot lower in just kind of their overall sodium and like salt intake. So adding salt to your food, like, yeah, when you're eating a ton of processed food that's got stuff in there that's preserving it, you don't, like people are used to trying to avoid added salt, but when you don't have all that stuff, like you need to add salt to your food, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, like there's a ton of benefit that can come really easily from adding these different spices and things to your food that has multiple benefits. It's going to taste better and it's going to be a lot of good stuff for you. Yeah. I just think about one of the smoothies that I make mm-hmm. is, uh, so it'll be something full fat. So it'll be a half a can of full fat. So full of saturated fat, coconut milk. <laughs> and then I'll even throw in some coconut oils mm-hmm. full of saturated fat. Um, and then I will throw in um, probably about a half a teaspoon of sea salt. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everything they tell you not to do is stay away from saturated fat, lower your sodium intake, and you're going to yeah. prevent heart disease. So yeah. I must just be inviting it every time I have a smoothie. No, I'm not just eating full-fat coconut milk and salt. Obviously, there's other things in there. <laughs> those are two that, things that, that I'm might in. taste bad. <laughs> <laughs> those are two things I'm putting in it. Um, do, you a- we do you actually go off of like a any, some type of recipe when you make smoothies? Yeah. No, I just throw stuff. I was out. just gonna say, I like for the kids, I'll kind of be conscious of what I'm putting in there. But for myself, like, yeah, I might not end up tasting the best all the time, but I'm just tossing stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Which. When it's really good, it's like, oh, I, I want to remember like, that. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, when it's just okay, then you're like, okay, I'll do this again. Um, where, what else? Um, okay, so, well, okay, another thing, I talked about kind of flavoring things. Another thing with kids and adults, I guess, when you're talking about upping vegetable intake, I know one of the things for our kids, and this is back to... Some of the physically, you know, it's takes a while, a couple of years until a kid can like chew a raw carrot, mm-hmm. you know, or other things like Asher this morning was struggling to munch on a piece of celery, just like <laughs> stringing it out and can't like do anything with it. Yeah. Um, cooking vegetables, you know, like there's some, you know, you're losing some nutrients by cooking things and over eating lots of raw stuff. But like if that's the way that you're able to drastically increase your vegetable intake, that's a really good option. Yeah. And I've went back and forth on that because I mean, you're right. You're, you're destroying a lot of the enzymes and potentially even some of the nutrients when you're cooking food. But I think so many people struggle with digestive issues now, right? Um, and specifically kids, mm-hmm. and they're just going to struggle with raw foods. Oh, um, yeah. So I mean, I'm not trying to tell you to not eat ever, ever eat a salad, but 
um, when you're eating a ton of that stuff, it just uh, that yeah, can, it's just harder. Can, yeah, yeah, be harder in your digestive system. Yeah. So cooking, you know, because you don't want to overcook them, but but lightly steaming, lightly sautéing, yeah, vegetables is a, is a good good way of mm-hmm. um, getting those in your diet. But yeah, I mean, it, it, most of it's just the basic stuff. You know that vegetables are important. Um, we know fruits are important. Uh, we just don't want to eat them as as high amounts. Um, you know, because again, p- kids want to go get away from even the or the parents want to get away from the processed stuff. So they just replace all that processed stuff with just a bunch of fruit. Yeah. Now they're probably eating too much fruit. Um, or even like you said, switching it. We know that nuts are okay. So just giving your kid a bunch of nuts. You just got to be careful with um, just giving your kid too much of, of anything much of like thing. that. Yeah. Um, just because now, because again, our digestive systems have been so taxed with the food that we are eating. Um, now we can develop <clears throat> sensitivities to, to those sort of things. So like, yeah. um, like our daughter... Um, Keller has a sensitivity to eggs, um, and we eat only, um, I mean, unless we're at a restaurant or something, um, you know, pasture-raised organic eggs. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily that we're eating bad eggs, and she did it So she, because she was eating so many of them. Right. Um, yeah. She developed a sensitivity to them. Mm-hmm. So that can happen with nuts. That can happen with citrus fruits. You know, that can, that can even happen with beef and stuff like that. It's pretty rare for that to happen, but um, those type of things can happen. Yeah. The, the blood guy. Or whatever yeah. we were talking to, he we were just you know talking about certain things that we're doing with the kids, and he was saying because one of the concerns we were trying to figure out if there's any like allergies we're dealing with, and it's like, well, I'll tell you a surefire way to develop an allergy for something: eat it, the same thing, for about two weeks straight, chew it very minimally, yeah, and your body is going to fight against yep. that. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the second time we've mentioned chewing. That would be a, a yeah. great thing for your for you to just teach your kids, and, and for, for probably even for yourself, mm-hmm. um, is just making sure they're focusing on chewing. Because again, kids put it in their mouth, chew a couple times, and swallow. Like my one son, he'll have four bites in his mouth already, and then he'll put two more in, mm-hmm. and then somehow it's just gone. Yeah. Um, so chewing is important. It just helps with their digestion because. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that and you're going to grow up and right. similar to like what you were talking about last week with the, the acid reflux stuff yeah. and the low stomach acid because you're taxing that stomach with un- unchewed food. Yeah, I know where my uh, son got that tendency from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but smoothies are a great option if that's one of the things that you're struggling with. Like it kind of takes care of that first step of digestion, breaks yep. stuff down a bunch. Yeah, I mean, there's, but there's even some people recommending that you would at least mimic a chewing um, to with your smoothies. the saliva and stuff. Yeah, just because yeah. your body is used to starting the whole process with chewing, mm-hmm. um, so it'll yeah it'll stimulate the, the you know, acids and enzymes and stuff to be able to break down the food. But you're right, a smoothie is going to be partially already broken down. Right. Um, so yeah, it'll be better for the digestive system. Cool. Talk about organ meats, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Go for it. So um, this is the most highly. This is a realm where, like, now we're kind of surpassing our progression and getting into maybe where Alex's family is at. Well, again, where we're trying to get to mainly. Um, this is uh, something that's still weird for us. <laughs> So when I read about these traditional cultures, um, primitive cultures and what they eat, um, the interesting thing is like the kids in these cultures, 
They throw the meats that we eat to the dogs, to the other animals, and they fight over the organ meats is what they claim. Well, a lot of it, like, so if I'm, if you, if you are given a drumstick or a chicken breast, which one tastes better? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, yeah. Yeah. So they, they, well, yeah, it's probably taste, but they just know, they just been kind of trained that if I want to be healthy and thrive and, and live long and, you know, just function well, this is what I need to be eating. This is the guy that I see over there. That's the, you know, the chief of our tribe. Yeah. That's what he ate. So this is what I'm going to eat. I'm not going to eat the stuff that, you know, it's going to make me all skinny and, and probably die early. So, <laughs> um, so the, yeah, organ meats are, are highly nutritious. So just to kind of compare, um, if we look at phosphorus, iron, zinc, copper, so all the important minerals, and then the B vitamins, vitamin A, C, vitamin B6, and vitamin B12. Um, an apple, carrot, or red meat is what they're comparing here. And the only thing that is higher in any of those other foods than liver, what do I do with it? Vitamin C is higher in apple and carrots than it is in red meat. So there's pretty much zero vitamin C in red meat. Mm. But there's 27 milligrams in, in liver. So that's almost four times as much vitamin C in liver than there is in apple and carrots. Most of the other ones are at least double, sometimes 10 times. And then vitamin A, which is yeah. extremely important for brain function, um, there's zero vitamin A in apples. There's zero vitamin A in carrots. There's some things in carrots that can be converted into vitamin A when they get into your body, um, but there's not actual vitamin A in those. There's about 40 IUs of red, in red meat. There's 53,000 IUs in liver of vitamin A. So liver is kind of where all the nutrients are stored in the body. Um, of course, a lot of people say, well, there's also where a bunch of toxins are stored in the body, but that's not true. Toxins are actually stored in fat tissue, um, the liver processes toxins and gets rid of them out of your body. So you're not necessarily taking in a ton of toxicity. You'd be taking in just as much toxicity from an, from a muscle meat uh-huh. as you would from a, from a liver. Yeah. Um, so, but it's high, it's concentrated. That's where the vitamins and minerals are concentrated, but also other meats. You know, so these people ate brain, they ate of course hearts, they ate spleens, they ate, even ate the intestines, um, where there is still toxicity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they just ate this stuff a ton, and they were again they thrive in these some of these primitive cultures. They wouldn't even let um, so if a man and a woman are going to get married, of course they're going to conceive, have children. They wouldn't let that happen um, until both of them kind of focused on their nutrition for like a year. So there was of course seasons where um, food was plentiful. They wouldn't even let them get married if that it wasn't right before or right after this yeah. kind of season of, of plenty. So they know that if they're going to build another human being in their body, they have to be well-nourished. Yeah. Um, and they got a lot of that nourishment from these organ meats that they would that they would consume. So how in the world does that happen? Well, things that we've tried. <laughs> we've tried Here just we getting a beef liver from um, Meadowhaven Farms and just cooking it like you would cook a steak mm-hmm. and eating it and... It's awful. 
<laughs> for us, for us. Maybe some people like it. I know some people grew up eating it a long time ago, but it's, it does not taste good. Season it at all? Like, I mean, so the like the first bite where you get the seasoning is fine, but when you get into it, this this is the weirdest taste in your mouth. Um, so the next thing we tried was a pate. I gotta, I gotta they, we 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 uh, processed it. Uh, I say we. Emily did all this. We processed it, and then we we got some. Um, <clears throat> some sprouted grain crackers and dipped that in the in okay. the liver. That was a little bit better. This last time we uh how did we do it the last time? I think she fried it up but she chopped it up more up so they were smaller pieces and then she, she fried it up. And that was a little better. Um I think we maybe had something else with it. But what most people recommend is taking little bits and pieces of it and putting it in with whatever like sure. if it's a chili sure. or your other meats so that you're not you know, the whole thing That's straight doesn't have to be there. Yeah. So I would say just trying to figure out um, how to do that, you know, as much as you can. You know, it's not, of course, it would be great if you could do it every day. Um, but, you don't. you know, even if it's one time a week to start, just trying to, to get a good quality um, organ meat and mm-hmm. getting that in your, in your diet um, in some way. Yeah. And even like, so kind of the progressive scale there, I would say would go from, you know, these really lean meats and there's, you know, there's a progression towards liver, you know, eating right. meat on the bone. Like that's a, that's a good next step. That's a little more normal. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. 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 But I mean, I guess the kind of the overall um, thing that we would say is kids, of course, when they get to a certain age, you know, babies are different and maybe we'll eventually spend a whole show on, oh, on for what sure. they should eat. For sure. Um, but kids really should eat the same thing that, that adults are eating. Yeah. Um, you know, and wow. I would say the main difference in kids is they can, but they don't need to do any of the fasting stuff that we talked about. Sure. Right. They don't need to do any intermittent fasting. They don't need to do any extended fasting. Um, I mean, unless they're, you know, in a sick state, mm-hmm. potentially that some of that stuff can help. Mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, the type of food and how much food they should just be eating until they get hungry, they should be limiting the amount of snacks and they should be eating real food and, you know, high in fats, you know, good quality animal products, getting vegetables in them, limiting the amount of fruits and other um, carbohydrates that they're in their body. Um, yes, they can eat grains. Yes, they can eat dairy. Just, you know, want to get the best sources of those things um, and just trying to minimize the processed stuff, vegetable oils and sugars. Cool. That would be it. All right. I hope there's questions off of that, though. So yeah. if there is, please. Please, please, please let us know what you thought. Bring up any more questions that you might have uh, after hearing some of this stuff. Um, and you know, we could answer them directly. We could potentially make another show out of this, whatever we need to do. But How long are we, have we gone here? We're over an hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm going to... I'm going to do a little Facebook exclusive here and show that graph that you have as well as the picture that was next to it. Okay. Um, so if you're listening on iTunes, jump onto Facebook and scrub to the end of the Really quick, I'll show this. Ooh. This is Ooh. Nourishing Traditions written by Sally Fallon. I've mentioned it before, but um, this is not only explanation of, the, of real food, but also how to prepare it, how to do, how to prepare grains right, how to do the organ meats, all those things that we just talked about. That's a good, good resource for you. Sweet. Um, I think, I think, I think next week we're going to redo our thing with Lynn. She was out of town this week. But cool. 
pretty sure that's coming for you next week. So watch out for that. If not, something else cool and exciting. All right. Thanks for listening in.